kids for Sunday school, wherever you're heading off to, you are free to go with their teachers. Amen. Amen. The presence. This is the house of God's presence. Amen. As I was preparing and thinking about my message this morning, just the, the idea of God's presence. I wrote down in my, in my notes, it's, it's the most critical thing in our lives. As Pastor David uh, preached last week, it's literally what defines us. His presence in our lives is literally what defines us. And this morning, I wanted, I wanted to carry, I want to carry on in that subject. But I, sometimes we can think, well, how do I get there? <laughs> so I, I really want to uh, speak, well, hopefully it comes across, some things that we can do in our life to carry the presence of the Lord. Um, since January, Pastor Brenda and several of the ladies have been get, getting together, um, going through the life of David. And David was a man, first of all, after God's heart, but he loved God's presence. I mean, he did things that were completely against the letter of the law because of his hunger and his thirst for God's presence. And as he, as he um, aged and he had a son named Solomon, and David really wanted to build a house for the Lord, for the presence of God. And uh, the, the study, I, I was intrigued because Brenda would come and she would watch the videos and I would kind of watch them as well. And uh, then she'd ask, we'd talk about um, the lesson and the thing. So I, there was a few things that just really grabbed my attention and so this week I was reading through the book of Chronicles because a lot, several sections are, are David talking to his son about the presence of God. And I was so intrigued, the, the book of First Chronicles. It, it, I don't know if you've done the reading through your Bible in a year thing, but the, the first like 10 chapters are just all names of people. And you got to really hang in there. And uh, that's a good time to just read in your head. Because if you read out loud those names, you'd, you'd just mess them all up. So you just kind of read them and think, okay. But you know what struck me? Just Pastor David's message last week, it's what defines us. Literally, I, I think God was giving us all these names because he was reminding them of their identity. Then we have David then talking to Solomon about his identity. Your identity is wrapped up in this house that you're about to build. Embedded in there is the story of Obed-Edom. 
Is that his? I think it's Obed-Edom. Yeah. He's the, he's the gentleman that happened to be in the luckiest house in the land. Because David was so captivated by the presence of the Lord, he wanted to move the ark into, up to Jerusalem. And on the way, somebody died because they didn't do the proper protocol. And so they left the presence at Obed-Edom, his house. And for three months, he was blessed out of his socks. Out of his sandals, sorry. He probably didn't have socks. But embedded in Chronicles is this journey of the presence. The identity wrapped in the presence. And this journey of the presence. And then David talking to his son. Remember my son. You were bo- Literally, you were born for this. Read the book of First Chronicles. You were born for this. God chose you. To build this house for the presence. <laughs> and there's a, a couple keys that I want to jump off of as David's. I, I love Psalms and I love the Proverbs. I remember reading the Proverbs. Yeah, it's, it's 30 chapters, 31 chapters. Every day you read a chapter of Proverbs. And what I found. It's the Proverbs repeat what David said to his son. And then Solomon journals it all and says, now my son, speaking to us. But I want to start with a proverb. It says, trust in the Lord with all the heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Our first, probably most critical step in cultivating the presence of God in our life is to acknowledge him. Now listen to what David said to his son. And to Solomon, David said, my son, I charge you, acknowledge your father's God. (laughs) What does it mean to acknowledge? Because it's so critical. It's so critical. Think of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. You know, the first half of it is all acknowledging who God is in your life. Our Father. We acknowledge you for who you are. We acknowledge you because we acknowledge our need for you, of you in our lives. We acknowledge you as king. We acknowledge your authority. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge our need. Because without his presence, we become like everybody else. That's what Moses said as Pastor David was reading. Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're just like all the people that we're going to go up against. It's your presence that distinguishes us. It's your presence that defines us. So as you, I, I, you know, this summer, I, I love, I, I, I 
I get to lead off so many seasons when I am. I want to challenge all of us this summer. Be a summer to cultivate his presence in your life. How do you do that? First and foremost, acknowledge who he is in your life. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As king of my life, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, my everyday life as it is in heaven. I acknowledge my need for you. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, even as we forgive those who have debts against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Step one. What I know, some people say, well, what time of the day should I do this? You know, do what fits in. But in the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't say thank you for the food you provided today. It says, give us this day. So I'm assuming the Lord Jesus is instructing his disciples as the day gets started. <laughs> There's my two cents worth. David, King David, the king, said, Oh, Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer. I want to challenge you every morning. Get up before the kids do. Get up before your spouse does if you have to. Uh, as much as I love my wife, she's not here, so I can say this because she probably won't listen to me anyways. Uh, the, the message, uh, she always listens. <laughs> but she distracts me. As much as I enjoy my coffee in the morning and we talk about what our day's going to, she distracts me. So I get, I get up super early. I want to challenge you. Try this summer as often as you can, every day if you can. Get up and acknowledge your Heavenly Father. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Recognize His authority. Recognize His importance in your life. Recognize and admit, confess your need for him. King David, again, there, there's some psalms that I just rehearse in my, in my time in the morning. And, and one of them is, uh, hear me, O Lord, Psalms 27. Hear me, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. Then he says, hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger, for you alone are my help. There's David confessing his need, the importance of God in his life. You alone Society nowadays teaches us that there's so many things that we can rely on, including the government. There's points and times when our career doesn't help us. This government of ours won't be able to help us. There's friendships in our lives that won't be there to help us. 
make a practice, acknowledge the importance of God in your life. Let God know that without you, Lord, I, Jesus even said it. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So step one, acknowledge his authority. Acknowledge his importance. Acknowledge your need. One, one translation says, David speaking to his son, he says, I charge you, learn to know God. That's a powerful. Learn to know. It's a practice. As I was actually thinking, and I didn't include it, that there, there was a gentleman in the 1600s that um, uh, had a, they compiled his notes and made a practice his presence. Might feel awkward at first. Go to a quiet place so that you can speak out loud. I, I encourage you. I really encourage you this summer, take some time to cultivate. Vanessa is cultivating a garden. Pastor Brenda is helping her in some ways cleaning up weeds. That's an important part of cultivation. Get those weeds out. Get the weeds out. Leads to my next thing. It's, this is what David said to his son. Acknowledge your father's God and serve him with an undivided heart. There are so many things in life. There are so many weeds that want to come and draw life out of you. Your root system in that soil, weeds come and they try to draw life. They try to, to come and they steal the life. Sorry, I gotta just... Sorry. I gotta... There's too much life, pollen flying around. And my allergies, the... But weeds come and they want to suck life. They want to draw attention away. They want to divide you, create confusion, create chaos. David said to Solomon, undivided heart. David, again, in Psalms 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord. I, I call this one of the, that verse, Psalms 27, verse 4, one of the most extreme verses Listen to these words. One thing have I desired. It's not, I think I'll check it out. No, one thing have I desired. I'm going to go after this one thing. I'm going to pursue it with all I've got. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek. I will pursue with all I've got. To Here. The word desired, it's not just a, a light inquiry. It means to demand, to interrogate. One thing, that's pretty clear, single-minded focus, desired to interrogate, to dig in. I don't know if you've ever watched police shows where they interrogate people. 
but they poke and they prod and they go after. They don't let the person rest. They want that person to let their guard down and they interrogate and they push and they prod and they, they, they push buttons. Go after God. Interrogate. Ask him questions. Seek him. One, one thing have I desired, O Lord, that will I seek after. Seek means to search out. It might, doesn't mean to just kind of give a glance. Oh, yeah. Just glance in and look away. No, seek. It means to, to search out. I wrote down, really look hard. <laughs> I have to do that nowadays with my eyes the way they are. Really look hard at something to strive after. I put, expend some energy. This summer, put some energy into cultivating his presence in your life. In Chronicles, I was actually telling Pastor Brenda, I think last night as we were just chatting, um, you know, Dave, when David was kind of talking to Solomon and instructing him, he didn't say, you know, I, I put everything aside for you. You know, the gold, the silver, the wood, the, I, I, the stones. I put it all aside. You know, this is going to be a cakewalk for you. No, he said, be courageous. <laughs> he said, be courageous. You're going to have to work at this. You're going to have to think of, think of the crew that Solomon would have. Think of them as your thoughts. He'd have to keep them in line. Have you ever had to keep your thoughts in line? Stay focused now. Stay focused. So even David t- telling his son, you know, it's all laid out there for you. I even got, I got plans. I got the materials. Half of the book is David instructing everybody. And yet he's still telling Solomon, you got to be strong. You got to be courageous here. Because it does. You, you, you do have to expend some of your time and energy. But it's worth it. Amen. It is. That will I seek after, that I may dwell. Again, it's not... He's going to pitch a tent, and then the next day we're going to pitch a tent somewhere else, and we're going to work our way along the West Coast Trail and, and just have a grand old time travel. No, dwell in the house. I'm going to stay. The word means to continue. It's not I'm going to check it out. You know, if things don't work out after, I'll give it two days. If my life doesn't change in two days, I can, I'll, I'll try something else. No, stay at it. Continue at it. Learn to know. Learn to know. Cultivate. Can you imagine the gardener that puts a seed in, pulls all the weed, and three days later says, oh, man, there's nothing coming out of the ground yet, and gives up on whatever it was he planted. No, it takes time. Just strive, seek after, and then continue, dwell, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days. Are you catching the extremeness of this this verse? To behold 
I, I really believe as I've thought about and meditated, this is my, just my opinion. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And then I think the last two phrases are the how. That's just my personal opinion. How do we do that? Beholding the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in his temple. There's your two hows. How do we get to the point where every day, all the days of my life, I'm dwelling in his presence is behold his beauty. To gaze intently. It's, again, this isn't a light word. It's not a glance over there and a glance over here. And No, no, it's intently gazing, studying, looking at. Behold what? His goodness. The beauty of of the Lord, his goodness, his kindness, his favor. Rehearse your life every moment where you see God's fingerprint. Lord, you, I, I think I, I said it a few weeks back. I, I remember powerfully three occasions where I probably should have died that God saved my life. I, I remember, and, uh, and I rehearsed these. And then I thank the Lord. Thank you that you have something about my life that you spared it. Because being thankful and grateful in these moments, beholding his goodness in your life, then leads you to, okay, there, I, gotta, I must have a purpose. God must have some sort of plan for me. But I remember being young and kind of reckless and driving probably a little too fast. And then all of a sudden, realizing the car in front of me had stopped on the highway, highway number one, 200 street exit when it was only two lanes and it was a small bridge. Like, so this is years ago. I was just going too fast. I, I had just bought my brother's car, this Daytona. I, I mean, it was, it was my dream car, but I was probably too young. And it was, I was just going too fast, and all of a sudden these brake lights were in front of me, and I... I I should have hit him. I just slammed my brakes on, and I closed my eyes, ready for impact, and nothing happened. And literally, I opened my eyes, and I kind of looked around me, and I'm sitting beside the car on the shoulder of the guy that I was getting ready to just wipe off the face of this earth. I was going. I have no idea how I got beside him, I just closed my eyes and braced for impact. And God's angels, who he's given charge over me to keep me in all of my ways, <laughs> they uphold me in their hands lest I dash my foot on a stone. <laughs> That's another, anyways. I was, they, they must have just picked up my car and just kind of moved me over. And, uh, Olivia, I must be feline because I got nine lives. I used up one of them that day, but, uh, I, you know, feline, I'm a lion. A roar. <laughs> but I behold every, I just rehearse God's goodness. If I'm weed whacking this property, which I've done in 35 degree hot weather, I'm weed whacking and I, I start to develop some sort of bad attitude. 
I say, thank you, Lord, that I have a property to weed whack. Thank you, Lord, that you've blessed us with this multi-million dollar facility that 90% of the churches in this city would love to have because they're paying huge amounts of rent that are probably more than what our mortgage is. And then I just start smiling and keep weed whacking. (laughs) And I behold his goodness. I behold his pleasantness in my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord. Think about his goodness in your life. Rehearse his goodness in your life. Don't just flippantly think that just happened by accident somehow. It's amazing as I read passages. I'm going to tell you another one of my favorites. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen to this next. When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, I fought them off. No, it says they stumbled and they fell. Do you realize how many instances in your life the Lord helped you, he kept you, he preserved you without you even knowing, without you even being aware of his goodness in your life. And we can sometimes have an attitude Behold the beauty of the Lord, cultivating his presence. Behold the beauty. Be thankful for his goodness, his pleasantness in your life. There is so much stuff going on in this world that we could develop a fearful attitude. We can develop anxiety in our life. We can develop unthankfulness in our lives. There's so much going on in this world. Behold the beauty of the Lord, and inquire in his temple. Inquire means, you know what? The, the, the actual Hebrew mean word means to plow. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Don't just scratch the surface. Go deeper. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you, Lord. No, no, let's think about that. What does it mean that the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, is my shepherd? Have you ever thought what a shepherd does for his sheep? Ay, ay, ay. My daughter loves sheep and loves raising animals, and we bought a couple sheep. Four, precisely. Then we start, Then she started talking to me about some of the things like that the guy she bought them off said that we have to do to keep these sheep. And I thought, what kind of trouble did I just get myself into? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. All the things that can go wrong with a sheep. Never mind having to feed it every morning. Hey, Alan. I think you didn't go, you didn't, you didn't sign up for that part. We thought we were going to have some cute little sheep running around in the backyard. 
well, you got to feed them, and then you got to get water to them. And then they like getting out of the pen. And then all of a sudden you're out trying to corral them off. Think, we, we, just, we can just be so surface-orientated. I want to encourage you this summer. Take one verse or take that whole chapter and just pull it apart. Plow through it. Dig deeper. Don't take my word for it. Don't take past. How many of you believe those scripture verses I read were for word for word? Maybe I made them up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just contoured all those verses to fit my message so perfectly. <laughs> I didn't, by the way. I didn't. But how do you know? Yeah, see, Brad Smith there. He's got his Bible out, and he's following me. <laughs> I, I, I'll read a book, and they reference a scripture verse. You know what I do? I, I read that chapter. I go through, and I, I, I get my own thoughts on it. Before I then, and then I compare to what that, the guy who authored a whatever book told me they were supposed to mean. But don't, take, don't take just my word for it. Dig deeper. Inquire. Inquire. Take half an hour in the morning. And it might sound like a lot. <laughs> I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, wow, how do I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning? Because I'm so tired at 9 o'clock. I fall asleep in my chair. The TV's going on. And my children will come in and out of the house. Cleo and her, her husband will come over to use the pool or something. And I wouldn't even know they came. They could, somebody could walk in the door because it's a screen door. I haven't locked the house. The front, my front doors are wide open. Somebody could come in and clean me out, and I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, now I'm gonna, from now on, I'm going to lock up, though. But, uh, and they'll tell me the next morning, hey, oh, yeah, Dad, you were sleeping on your chair. But, but I fall asleep early, and it lets me get up early. And so at 5 o'clock, might sound crazy, wake up a few times earlier than normal, and pretty soon your body will adjust. Take this summer to adjust your body. Get up. Read a passage of Scripture and actually think about it. Take Pastor David's notes. Take whoever's preaching. Take their notes. Take some of the Scripture verses and dig into them. Dig deeper. Inquire. Cultivating. Cultivating. In closing. I'm going to do page three of my notes. No. <laughs> I'm going to read, serve him with an undivided heart. I'm just going to read this. A singular focus. It doesn't matter, mean we, we don't have any other interests, but there's one thing that I pursue. One thing, no wavering. It says undivided, no wavering. There's a, Psalms 86. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. We used to sing it. You know, back 30, 40 years ago, most of our songs were like scripture verses. So when you learned a song at church, 
you were learning the Bible. For thou art great, and I was going to sing it, but I won't, and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Then here's the interesting. Unite my heart. Means unite my soul. If you look in your unite, unite my mind, my will, and my emotions. All those things that want to pull at me, drag me over here. Unite my mind, my thought process. Unite my will, my desires. In unite my emotions. Unite them to fear Thy name. Unite them here to fear Their name. Have an awe-inspired reverence, a submissive wonder, and honor for your presence. Unite my mind, my will, my emotions to love your presence. Amen? I, I want to encourage all of us, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper this summer. Become a person of his presence. Become a house of his presence. The very thing that defines us, the very thing that distinguishes us. Pursue it. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, this morning, we love your presence. We love your presence. And Lord, we just stand this morning right now in your presence. And within our hearts, we determine and commit to cultivate your presence to an even deeper level. We want to cultivate the creator of heaven and earth. The savior of the world. My stronghold, my defender. I want to cultivate you deeper and deeper into my life. Learning to know you more. And so we stand here in your presence determined and committed that this summer we will take an extra step towards cultivating your presence in our lives. And everybody said, amen. Brad, Brad kind of waved me down and had, says he has something. I had a word for you while we were praying for you, but um, I'm very shy and I don't like speaking in front of people. Um, but uh, I saw darkness and I saw light. And as the sun or the light went through the darkness, it was illuminated. And as the light moved through the darkness, it removed the darkness. But as the sun moved on to more areas, the previous areas that had gone through did not go back to being dark. They stayed lit. And as the sun, and it's because the sun or the light left something behind. And um, 
it changed those areas. Amen. Um, Amen. We received that on your yeah. behalf, Albert. Did you want to say anything? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to interpret anything that yeah. I'm shown, but uh, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what happened, but um, as you go through these dark times, God is with you, and He is shown through you because of who you are and how you act yeah. around other people. And you're going to change whatever is going on over there because God's with you. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go forth in the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you.